0: Hello and welcome to the Wheeler Betting weekend's preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, hope you're well. Marco Hare here from Wheel Love Betting. It's Christmas Eve and I'm here with my two main men, Tom Love and Will Dyer, to help try and steer the ship towards some weekend value from the Premier League and beyond for Boxing Day as well as Sunday the 27th of December too. Always a great wedding day, it's Boxing Day, so fingers crossed we can do it justice. Uh, So as I said, with me, as ever, to discuss the lines, the odds, the markets and everything in between, is Bradford City's most famous fan, Mr Tom Love. Uh, (laughs) Tom, we're recording on Christmas Eve, one of my favourite days of the year. Normally a fantastic night in the pub too. Unfortunately, that can't happen this year for obvious reasons. However, I wanted to ask you, What's your favourite eve? Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Cheltenham Eve, World Cup Eve or Killing oh, Eve?
1: Uh, well, Boxing Day Eve, which actually turns out to be Christmas Day, is probably my favourite. Not just because it is Christmas, um, it's more the fact Boxing Day is coming up. It it outweighs any kind of day in the year for me, just Boxing Day mainly because I have a decent record of making some money on, on Boxing Day, which always bodes quite well. It's always a fantastic day, gutting that there's no football to actually go to. Um, last year, we were travelling up to Carlisle to go watch Bradford draw nil nil in the worst game of all time. <laughs> uh, so none of that this year, which is, which is a bit of a shame. But, um, yeah, delighted to... Kind of gets right into it because it's usually goals go well. I know it's a bit, it's a bit of a cliche, but uh, when you look at like the historical stats, it does tend to crop up more, more often than not for goals. So yeah, um, I don't, I don't like New Year's Eve too much. Too much going on there for me. If you go out, then it, it's horrible, uh, overpriced, uh, overpacked. I'd rather just stay and have a chilled one then. And uh, yeah, m- mainly. I'm pretty much done by then. Anyway, I'm knackered <laughs> from all the all the booze in from this week
0: on. So, yeah, um, Boxing Day is the main day for me. Interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the high goal count because, uh, you know, bingo cards are the ready, but Sporting Bear, I think, were the first bookmaker to to screenshot the uh, the results from it. Was it Boxing Day 1968 or something like that? When it was about what, fucking 400 goals or something <laughs> uh, one day in the Premier League. Or the the first division back then, so um, I'm sure we'll see many screenshots of that again crop up before Boxing Day. Uh, but yeah, just give a, a, a little t- listeners uh, a little taster into what your Christmas Day is like at the Loves. You know, what what time do you get up? When do you open your presents? What you're eating? What are you doing for entertainment?
1: Well, it's just not the same anymore. And when you grow up, you <laughs> you're having to buy presents rather than getting them, which is a bit of a man. But um, <laughs> It's tended to be quite quite a hungover state, and I've kind of let, let the family down a bit by crawling out of bed at 11 o'clock and um, kind of writing the day off. It's been a bit of a shambles the last few years, but I'm going to make a fist of it this year. Nine o'clock, I'll be up there. Um, no, no earlier. You need to have a bit of your beauty sleep before Christmas. I think that's important. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's pretty standard, to be fair. I I wanted to get involved with the cooking, but I've been put off by my dad uh, for that. So he's in charge of all that. Less stress for me, I guess. Um, yeah, pl- plenty of games and stuff like that. We've got got a nice little setup in the cellar with uh, pool and darts and stuff. So there'll be plenty of competitions,
0: plenty of money at stake too. So yeah, it's nice. ex- exciting day. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to say right now, there's absolutely no chance you're up before nine o'clock on uh, Christmas <laughs> Day. No way. That Right now. Um, right. With us, as ever, penalty professor, card king himself, Swindon Town's finest, Mr. Will Dyer. Will, what's your favourite eve?
2: Uh, I think my uh, party
0: days are behind me, mate, so probably killing eve. <laughs> good show. Good show. Not a bad answer. Uh, and give us a taste to what it's like behind the scenes at the Dyers on Christmas Day.
2: Yeah, um, I u- I usually spend it in Norway the last sort of four years. It's probably the most Christmassy location in the world, really. But um, so Isn't now it I'm, uh, in Norway, well, we usually go up in the mountains near Lillehammer where they had the Olympics in the uh, Winter Olympics in 95. So it's uh, snow ski out of the ski out of the log cabin, mate.
0: Wow.
2: But, um, <laughs> yeah, but now I'm uh, marooned
0: on Plague Island. So none <laughs> of that for me this year. <laughs> Yeah, aren't we all, mate? Aren't we all? Uh, love it, lads. Great insight. Really enjoyed that. But um, we're here to talk about betting. But before we do, just a quick shout-out. We've only got less for the week, really, uh, of our 30-day free trial on our private member service featuring Tom and myself, WB Gold. We've had a revamp, a refresh at the beginning of the month. Uh, channels under our own umbrella. And uh, we've, since we've made the changes, results have been really good. So we're quite proud about things. And we'd love you to give us a try. So you are entitled to a 30-day free trial of the service. If you head to the Wheeler Betting website or check out our Twitter page as well, uh, you've got until the end of the month to sign up and you'll get 30 days for free. Um, and yeah, uh, there's also uh, access to a collection of quite expensive performance data. You get the podcast selections before anyone else and in written form as well. Uh, and also, you know, plenty of markets you can actually get a bet on. So. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Come and give us a try. Uh, just check out the feed or the website to do so. Uh, right, let's jump into the games now because we're covering three Premier League games this time around with no European action uh, on Boxing Day and on Sunday. We're going to start with the Curtain Razor. It's uh, Leicester City against Manchester United. The Foxes are around 2-1 to one for this match. Man United about 13-10, to 10, I think the last time I looked, 2.3 in decimals. Slightly bigger prices probably are available if you do shop around. Um, we've covered United a fair bit in recent weeks in this segment, and the narrative has kind of flip-flopped in the past ten days, two weeks. Suddenly, they are now five points off man, oh, sorry, five points off Liverpool with the game in hand, and uh, they're in the League Cup semi-finals too. So, will uh, are they a bet at the King Power?
2: Um, I'm not sure about them being a bet. Um, more sure on on goals in this encounter, I think. Um first glance you kind of get the feeling that these two are quite unpredictable but uh, actually looking into it really I guess they're just two brilliant counter-attacking teams they're both stronger away from home than they are um on home turf and and both often slow starters um yeah they sit first and second in the away table on on 18 points each um but only 10th and 12th in the home table so clearly something's got to change there and yeah on that basis I guess you you could be supporting United. Um, who have definitely had a fairly packed um, fixture list, as you mentioned, with the EFL Cup quarter final um, just two days ago. Um, yeah, so I feel um, I wanted to just look straight into goals and also in sort of to the, the halftime full time markets here, um, despite sitting second and third, like we just mentioned, there um, with 17 wins combined. Only, only seven of those wins combined between them were actually like halftime, full-time, double results where both of them were, were winning at halftime and then won at full-time. Um, put that into perspective, Everton have only eight wins and they've also had seven of them win in halftime, full-time. Um, so, so there's, a, there's a, the long-term average of um, Premier League games with a halftime, full-time result is uh, a double result, basically. is, is 45% and um the percentage of wins that are actually double results is 59 percent so they're definitely under under indexing on that and that's something i think we both we've all mentioned in previous podcasts how united have been pretty pretty amazing at coming back after the break or or, or drawing at the break and and then get lead uh, going on to win the game so um why the slow starts i guess you probably could point a lot of things mentality issues Maybe inability to read their opponents' game plans, um, better fitness late on in games, or maybe they just prefer to soak up a pressure and wait, wait for a chance to strike late on. Plenty, plenty of things to consider. But I get you get the feeling that this could be a, a, another game of that ilk. Um, Leicester, the only side in the Premier League yet to draw a game, so if they are gonna, if they are gonna uh get a win it's probably unlikely to be uh from a uh from a draw scenario to, to then a win at full time so that's probably helping that half-time full-time double result statistic um and yeah uh king king power has been a, a happy hunting ground for for red devils won 10 of the last 15 visits um losing only once in a in a bit of a dilly ding dilly dong in uh, <laughs> five 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 three in 2014 that wasn't ranieri really it was just Mad, mad game, um, and yeah. Uh, even when Leicester won the league in 2016, they failed to get the better of United in in either of those uh, encounters that season. Two draws. So it's been a real domination from United in this fixture. One nine drawn three lost lost none since that five three defeat at the King Power in 2014. So, and they come into it in incredible shape, I guess. If you if you dismiss their Champions League form. Um, they've scored three or more goals in five of the last seven Premier League games. I mean, six last time out was absolutely mad match. With uh, I, I didn't even look into the, the the shots records either, but commentators were pointing out and pundits pointing out how was, I think it was 41 or 43 shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that they did obviously then consider that they did face 17 shots um, against them So and gave up 13 corners. So I think it's important to note that they probably won't keep Leicester quiet and they don't dominate possession, really, or control games either. And I don't think they really intend to, to be fair. Um, So for me, it was, you know, I I can't be definitely we'd never be considering a a United win to nil here. Um, They rested a couple games in that EFL Cup game, Uh, rested a couple players, sorry, Twanze, uh, Bailey, Cavani and van der Beek. All started, and it was a, it was a really good performance. Another um, late showing, but they actually deserved really to be ahead for quite a lot earlier. They probably could have scored four goals in the last ten minutes of that match. Um, Cavani and Martial both scored, and then Rashford and Fernandez had great chances as well late on. Um, so, yeah, another a good good game from United, and they'll bring in a couple fresh legs, I guess, for this game. And one thing that I think in the last podcast I, I backed it was um, was in that leeds united game went back leeds to score in the first half and united to score in the second half which thankfully came in just because of the sheer amount of goals that we had in that match um that was nine to four and again here it's it's 12 to five for leicester to score in the first half um and united score in the second half uh, at william hill um so I, I like that play again um that'll be my my like side bet um United have still conceded the first goal in seven of 12 Premier League games um, this season and won the second half in seven of 12 too. Um, I'd expect there to be goals, yeah, really based upon on what we've, also, what we've mentioned um, and a bit of an end-to-end game. We mentioned how Leeds matches were, <laughs> they before that game, they were averaging 3.54 and they're now averaging 3.85 um, and United are a close second at, at 3.77 goals per game. Um, obviously, they've had that 6-1 defeat to Spurs and the 6-2 with, with Leeds now. So so that's helping boost that quite a lot. But but Leicester also breached this goals per game line as well. They're at 3.07. Um, so I feel like over three Asian goals at, at just shy of 11-10 to 10 with Bet365 is a fair play. Um, maybe we're still slightly... the goal The goal ratios at the moment are quite incredible in the Premier League, and maybe there will be a bit of a... A revert to the norm slowly in the back back end of the season when we kind of you know games become more important and for results for teams so we could see that happen soon but the Christmas period is not known for that at all Um, and yeah so I think over three Asian goals Um, Leicester do welcome back uh, probably uh, Timothy Castagna so he's a big boost for them Fardy's in red hot form. I just just briefly looked as well at the ref, obviously being Mike Dean. He averages the. highest I'm Surprised points. it took us
0: so long to get to Lord Mike Dean actually. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, he gave eight cards in this game in February 2019, which is just not just no reason at all. Probably just just felt like it. Um, <laughs> so I did think about pens, um, but the prices aren't really that special anymore. It, it's well known that yeah, Fardy's and. And Fernandez are scoring them for fun. Uh, you can get eleven to two on a Vardy penalty to be scored. Um, or either team to score a penalty is five to two at Bet Victor. But neither really like get my GOAT. Um or not my GOAT, get my something. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just those two goals bets for me. Uh, Leicester to score in the first half and United to score in the second half at five to two, uh, twelve to five with William Hill. And then also over three Asian goals at eleven to ten with bet three six five. Uh, where we'll get our money back if there is three, uh, or we'll win if there's more than three.
0: Yeah, I like both of those angles, Will. Uh, I too think there's going to be goals in this game. should be set up for being quite an entertaining game. Uh, over to you, Mr Tom Love. What's your play for Leicester United? I'm hoping uh, Lord Michael of Dean is going to feature in this. <laughs>
1: yeah, it will at some point, I'm, I'm sure of that. But yeah, I'm, I'm very much aligned with Will on the goals front here.
0: Good to hear. Um,
1: yeah, I just I just think that I've been so anti-United and it, it's kind of bitten me on the arse too often for me to do do it again. Um, and when you look at the respective home and away form, it is in United's favor. You know, I'm, I can't believe United have scored three or more goals in all six away games this season.
0: It's madness, but, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's crazy, and it's just something that I did not expect. But they do thrive in these kind of situations where the pressure is slightly off and they can um, counter-attack more because they're so lethal when they they can do that and this is going to be a game that's going to be transitions are going to be really key I think both sides like to play in the transitions and it'll be interesting to see who actually dominates the ball it's a tough one uh, to kind of work out at the minute from that perspective but I do think it plays into a goal-heavy game uh, both teams to score and over two and a half goals is ten to eleven with bet three six five, and um, that would be my main bet here. Uh, it's landed in every United game away from home this season. Obviously, they're off the back of that six two as well against Leeds. And Leicester haven't been brilliant for both teams to score, especially at home this season. They've been a bit hit and miss. But I think that these games always deliver um, against United. They're usually quite fun, entertaining and end-to-end. Um, so, yeah, uh, that would be my main player. The are both scoring overs. Um, but it's interesting just looking into the data. I, I know a lot of people will be looking at that price on United and uh, maybe looking at their away record too and thinking that that's a decent bet. Um it's, it's worth noting that Leicester actually have a better uh, expected goals ratio than United. They six, uh, they're sixth in the table in that regard, United are ninth. So United have a 51% share. So they're, they're not really impressing in that regard. They're being very clinical. Um, whereas Le- Leicester are around 54%. Um, and Leicester also have um, re- about six more expected po- um four more expected points than United 2. So, I, I can understand why people make an argument for them with a quarter goal start as well. So, I, it's one of them where I've kind of looked at both sides and I can't really pick um, a winner, but I'm more than happy to get with the goals. So, yeah, both in scoring overs will be the main bet for me here. Um, but, yeah, you, you can't discount the card angle as well. Yeah. Um, The the bet that I was looking at was both teams to have uh, three or more cards, which is 13-2, to with Paddy, Power and Betfair. Uh, It's a bit bit more of a long shot, this, but uh, Leicester have seen 30 or more booking points in quite a few of their games. Uh, Three of the last five, um, I think it is, that they've seen this land. Uh, they, They picked up quite a few against Villa at home, I can remember. Uh, got a few cards late on against Sheffield United too, and uh, United have seen quite a few cards too this season. I think they've been booked in all bar two. Uh, so with Dean in charge, and Will mentioned the eight cards that got dished out last time uh, with the players that are on the pitch, lots of Madison um, and, and Vardy for Leicester, and then the lots of Rashford and Greenwood on the break for United against two slow defenses. I think. Uh, if you look at Maguire, he could be having nightmares about thinking how he's going to deal with Vardy if United do step up. Uh, but similarly, I think that Leicester with Johnny Evans and Fuchs in that back line look really vulnerable to pace. So I think that there could be lots of kind of cynical challenges and challenges in areas that warrant a card, not just in the midfield. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm willing to have a little stake on that. and I'd just have a small one just because it is. Uh, Dean. Um, it's around 6-1 to one elsewhere, which is is uh, fine as well. It's six and a half to one with Paddy Power and Betfair. Um, and the player that does interest me, actually, for Ricard is Pogba. Um, McTominay obviously had a great game against Leeds, but he went off, hobbled off, uh, injured quite late on. He missed the midweek game. And Pogba's probably the most likely to come in and replace him. And he should have. I'm, I'm surprised he's only been booked once this season. I know he's not played that often, but there was one game. I forget who it was against. I could not believe that he didn't get booked after committing about five or six fouls, all pretty bad fouls as well. And um, he seems to give a bit to the ref as well. And uh, he's probably going to have to deal with Madison if he's in one of them holding roles. If United play that double pivot, that I expect. Uh, so yeah, I think that nine to two uh on a player is, is quite clumsy like Pogba is, um is quite a decent price in a game with this ref. So two smaller stake bets on the cards. Um but yeah, my main bet is is to get with goals and both teams scoring over two and a
0: half, um one point nine one. Nice one. Should also say Tom's put a bet in his private WLB goal channel. For the Leicester United game, which looks very attractive and something I was also looking into myself, an 11 to 10 shot that kind of covers a few of the angles he was talking about as well. Uh, so go check that out if you are a member. Uh, so as I said earlier, no European stuff this time around. So we're moving on to the 5:30 kickoff, London derby between Arsenal and Chelsea at the Emirates. Arsenal around three to one-ish. Chelsea hovering around evens or just below. The shortest price they've ever been at the Emirates in the Premier League or away to Arsenal full stop, actually. Um, Tom, Arsenal are in the brown stuff. Arteta is the sack favourite. What is your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, it's to not bet on Arsenal in any way <laughs> form, basically. Um, I, I actually think the price on Chelsea is fine, um, but... What we try to get out of these uh, value bets, if we can. And um, I don't think there's a massive amount of value in Chelsea. I do think it's a fair price, though. Um, just because, what what else can we say about Arsenal? They're, they're, they're whacking in both boxes, and um, they're, ju- they're just bereft of any kind of confidence or, or verve about them, or consistency. And um, it's going to be massive if, if Aubameyang's back or not. So it's one to kind of hold off. I, I won't be back in Chelsea right now. If Aubameyang doesn't play, then if Chelsea are still around even money, I'll probably get involved. I think they've got much more quality than Arsenal. Um, they've, they've shown that they can, they can beat the, the decent teams. and um, that, like They've gone to Spurs a couple of times and won. I, I think that Arsenal are probably, probably a bottom-half side for me this season. Uh, from what I've seen Uh, kind of look at all the data as well expected goals ratio the 11th negative process in that regard Um, the mid-table for expected points as well struggling on the shot front so it's it's very hard to get against Chelsea even though Chelsea have kind of dropped off a bit they had them two disappointing results against Wolves and Everton wasn't it Um, both away games but I, I thought that they were probably whacking, um, I think it was just a fatigue factor a little bit for them. And I thought they looked a little bit tired against West Ham as well, to be fair. So it's something that I thought they'd quite well with, given that they've got a big squad. So I think Lampard has to use his squad uh, more efficiently and more effectively if they're to kind of get through this mini kind of rough patch. But... Yeah, they were were comfortable in the end against West Ham and um, defensively they they were solid enough again. I I can't really see Arsenal troubling them or scoring more than uh, a single goal and Chelsea um, are more than capable of scoring two or more. So yeah, I I couldn't put anyone off that. Um, I was looking at under two and a half as well in this, which was odds against, which surprised me um in a in an arsenal game a lot of their games have seen under one and a half actually uh so I was looking at that and then I thought with the pressure kind of building on Arteta will he kind of change tact and go for it a bit more or will he really kind of batten down the hatches and and try play for a point and a nil nil it's just one of them that I really don't know at the minute um so yeah it's been a real tricky one for me to call this uh it's one that I'll wait until um, the team line are announced. Uh, but the, there's a couple of prices that did uh, stand out to me on Bet365 in the props. Um, it, again, it depends, it depends on who starts up front. Uh, but I, I've kind of said that Arsenal have been quite bad for shots and shots in the box, etc. Et but I think the bookies have gone a little bit too far in that regard. Uh, a Bamiang is five to six to have two or more shots in this game if he does start and that's landed in eight of his 12 he's had three or more in, in three of his last five starts too um so he was getting into a little bit of form before he picked up that knock and um he does kind of uh turn it on against the big teams i think he did he score against Chelsea in the cup last year he scored against um uh, Scott against Man City as well. He, he he has a decent record against the against the top teams, and a main striker who'd be on penalties as well to have two shots at five to six or one point eight three. Um, it's around one to three or shorter in other places. It's a real standout price for me, uh, but again, I'm not going to back that until I know that he'll start. But it's worth, worth bearing in mind if he doesn't start um, and and uh, Arteta opts for. Eddie Nketiah up front, he's 11-8 for two or more shots. Uh, So if he is starting up front, slandered in six of his nine starts in all competitions. Uh, Absolutely smashed them in in the Europa League, averaging around 3.8 shots per game. Um, Been a bit hit and miss in the Prem, but he has come off the bench quite often. He only started two games, I think, and uh, one of them he did have two shots in, so... Yeah, I think that um, they're the angles that I, I'd go towards, but it is a it is a tricky game for me, this one. It's not one that I'm going to be getting massively involved in just because I don't think the value is uh, particularly there because I don't want to get with Arsenal in any way, shape or form, but Chelsea, odds on, um, isn't quite for me either. So we're on the team news and uh, look and see if them prices are still there. We bet 365 on Bamiang or Nketiah, whoever starts up front. I'll take them to have two armour our shops
0: yeah good stuff nodding along in agreement in a lot of what you said there Tom uh, I found it quite a tricky game to, to second guess obviously you, you sort of immediately verge, verge towards Chelsea but the price isn't massively appealing although they did go off sub 1.7 at, uh, at uh, was it Wolves and Everton recently so potentially there is a A reason to get with the Chelsea price there. It's not really for me. Uh, If I was going to get involved with Chelsea, I'd chuck in under three and a half goals. I think you're getting around six to four, 2.5 for that scenario. But uh, it's not really one of the games I really want to get involved in this weekend from the Premier League. Uh, So over to you then, Will. Any hope for Arsenal here? And if not, what have you got for us? No, no hope, I don't think.
2: Um, (laughs) What's the what's the antonym for superlatives? Because I can't find enough to describe (laughs) Arsenal, to be honest um yeah i've been biding my time to stick the boot in as you said we haven't previewed them in a while it's uh here we go think,
0: looking forward yeah, to
2: this. <laughs> we last previewed them when they won one nil old trafford about uh two months ago and then since then uh they're winless in seven games since then so yeah worst worst start ever um like you said with the um sack race as well arteta leading that i've been having our, our discussions with friends who seems to still somehow be pro Arteta and I just um it's just inexcusable results to be honest for me. It's you'd need some pretty extenuating circumstances, I think, to to give him much more time if he if he gets a defeat here. I think it, it could be curtains. But people are saying that there's been a lot of change in the back room and and the setups. So um ah, who knows, but I would never be betting on that mark, that's for sure. But um quite mad that the second favorite in the, in that market as well and manager to leave his post is Chris Wilder and if you'd kind of hibernated since September you wouldn't really believe that those two were heading up the market that's that's mm. fair they were pretty solid positions that they were in um but yeah Arteta to me is just like a, a well manicured sort of professor of the game and, and and nothing more than that he's he's unproven really um obviously he did he was Pep's and the study, but it's a, just a classic case of for me where sometimes a, a manager goes straight to the top um, maybe he should have started at a lower level um, I know that maybe that was beneath him or it just didn't really fe- feel right for him to go to the lower leagues of English football he's not that he's ever had any experience at that, that level so um, and I can take some people's points about personnel but I, I do. I do still think under his watch they have signed a few. They've got. They've signed William, Gabriel, Thomas Partey, Pablo Mari, Cedric Sarras, and uh, Saliba. So it's not nothing. And he just appears incapable of getting whatever side on the pitch to to kind of create anything um, in the way of goals, at least. And I know that we, people have said the market kind of still supports Arsenal because maybe there are things that they do okay, but.
0: Yeah. I think that's what's, uh, what's most shocking, actually, Will. Uh, in terms of chance creation, they've scored two open play goals in 15 hours of Premier League football coming into this game. And not just that, but the market, as you mentioned, still seems to like them. They went off as favourites at Goodison Park last weekend, despite no Aubameyang. And they've been, mm-hmm. there's been plenty of money from them in, in recent matches against Spurs, Southampton. Uh, you know, There's a, there's a decent sort of dozen or so games where, or half a dozen, I should say, Premier League games, where the money has come for them. So... The, the the shrewdest punters in the world still seem to think there's there's reason to get with Arsenal.
2: Yeah, um, I honestly Bizarre. just can't give you an answer to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't bother to try and pretend to look at the data and and pull out why that why that's happening. And I know that we can't just say it's like, um, you know, their their stature that's getting that support because that's not how the main mm. most of these markets are kind of operated. So. Who knows, really? Um, but for me as well, the the Chelsea price is fair, um, and I will get involved with it. I think uh, in, on in the um, quarter final of the F L Cup, I was quite keen on C, um, and then they ended up playing quite a strong team, didn't they? And Arsenal actually quite a weak team, so the odds came in a bit. Um, they were eight to fifteen um, in in the end to to, to win that and. Yeah, um, I think I had, a, I had a nice little play on them to win by by two two or more goals as well, which was about seven to two. Um, nice. Interesting to note as well, actually. That I'll I'll be looking at something like that. I think in play bet three six five are doing their um, in play offer. Um, so yeah, I think that the um, the pre match bet on Chelsea to win ten to 11, ten to eleven um, is is for me worthwhile with the early payouts if they go two goals up. Um, and then having a go at something a bit bigger in play um, is tends to be my strategy with that that bet offer. Um, and I'm thinking possibly Timo Werner to score a brace. Um, he scored just four goals from an xG of 6.58 this season. So his 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 xG he's he's missed a couple one or two absolute sitters. Um, and his xG actually per ninety is quite healthy, really. At just just a sh- fraction under half a goal a game, so zero point four nine goals per game expected, um, which makes him ninth of of um, players with ten or more appearances this season um, for xG per ninety. Um, and we often see a players adjusting slowly to new leagues. Um, he's also now playing really in his preferred position, I guess, on the left on the left of Abraham or Giroud in the middle. Um, and so yeah, he's nine to five to score anytime at eight 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 Sport. He's on penalties. Um, he's a, he is nine to one to score two or more at and Bet and BetVictor. Um, and unfortunately with Bet three six five, he's only thirteen to two. But I'll, I'll probably just wait until it's all sort of ten minutes in play, see how that how that's um, standing up, and then have a go on him to score two or more um, with the free bet if if Chelsea look like they're. They're going to get the better of of Arsenal. Um, uh, One other thing I looked at as well. um, I would have had a crack at Arsenal most booking points at 11 to 10. um, But because Chelsea are are actually 19th for cards per game, um, only 1.29, whereas Arsenal are a third most with where they're they're getting two per game. Um, But unfortunately, the cards against them, the markets on that don't really match up. Arsenal's cards per game against is the fourth most. Um, at 2.2 per game, whereas Chelsea's is just 1.36. So um, looking further into that market, it's actually maybe not the most. Because I just basically was looking at um, Premier League derbies as well, um, and the stats make the cards market about right. For over 4.5 cards is 11 to 10. Premier League derbies, although this isn't really the fiercest, um, the average five cards per game compared to a league average of just 3.77. So you get quite a big uptick with the derby, about thirty percent increase in cards. Um, so I was considering some kind of card-based play as well, but for me, it's just Chelsea to win at ten to eleven. Um, although not a huge value bet, as Tom Tom alluded to. Um, and then an in-play punt on Werner to score two or more at nine to one, if you prefer that big price, or if you've managed to get on the offer, it'd be about seven to one. I expect
0: with bet three six five. Lovely stuff. Enjoyed that. Um all right, the final Premier League we're gonna cover is at Molyneux. It comes on Sunday night. It's Wolves against Tottenham. Wolves as big as eleven to four, that's uh, three point seven five at home. Spurs no bigger than six to five. Tom, um are Spurs too short here, and if not, what's your angle?
1: Yeah, I do think they're a little bit too short, to be honest, mate. I think that there's been a little bit of um Bit of an overreaction to how good they have started the season. Obviously, they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit with win winning the last three. Um, it's important, again, to not get um, too fixated on that little blip either because they'll win sooner or later. But Wolves are notoriously quite a tough team to crack and I do think the draw is quite a big runner here. Um, I just look at the prices and if Wolves did have Jimenez fit and there were this price that I'd be taking them with a quarter goal start um but without him they've looked a little bit a little bit out of sorts I'm really disappointed with them against Burnley the other day they just didn't didn't get at them enough for me um I don't really know what he were doing with his formation or um he started the, the young lad in midfield, didn't really work out with him. He got on the ball, but he was quite tentative in, in possession and, and made quite poor decisions. Um, I'd expect that um, they'd go back to bringing Adama Traore in here and um, trying to get at them. But if Spurs do sit in that, that kind of deep block that Mourinho likes, then there's no real space for the likes of Traore to, to get a run at them. Uh, but Wolves are always very wary of the counter-attack as well. Uh, they kind of play them two defensive midfielders in Neves and then Donker, it will be here, or Moutinho. And they, they play the five at the back more often than not. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's one of them where I think it's going to be quite low scoring. Um, I was looking at under two and a half goals, but it's a bit too short. Uh, for me, so I've actually pumped for it to be a draw at half-time, which is odds against with Bet365 and a few other places too, 21-20. to I think that that's a nice way in. I think that we, we've talked about how Wolves always want to keep it tight in the first half if they can uh, and kind of come on strong in the second. Mourinho will be more than happy to go in uh, at the break, nil-nil. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's a better price than the unders for me. And backing this, if it is 1-1 at halftime, or even 2-2, um, you are still getting something on your side there. Uh, so, yeah, I'd rather back that than the under goals. Um, but, yeah, I kind of looked at the, the cards here as well, and you've got a ref in Paul Tierney, who's been quite good for cards this season, averaging over four per game, I think. Um, I'm looking at the players who will be on the pitch and I think it, if Spurs do sit deep and um, they kind of do draw walls out I think the likes of Neves and Dendonka if they're both playing that holding role um, you, we've seen how Spurs kind of still hold free up the pitch with Bergvine, Son and Kane uh, and the two centre-mids Hoiberg and Sissoko drop in to make like a back six basically um, so there is a counter-attacking threat there, it, it's quite clever what Mourinho's done uh, tactically to kind of give them more of a chance to actually score on counter-attacks rather than just alleviate pressure um, and I think that they, they could get caught out because they're not the fastest of players and uh, they're more than happy to commit a foul looking at the numbers um, so yeah, I'm going to actually split my stakes uh, between Neves and and then if they both do start here, um, Neves is nine to two for a card. We bet three six five, which is a, a real standout price. Looking at uh, odds checker at the minute, um, he's around two to one in other places. He's always quite a short price. Uh, nine to two looks very generous on him. Picked up three cards in ten starts this season in the league. Um, it, it was quite rife for them, even in the championship. Uh, so yeah, that looks like a nice way in. And Dendonka Donker is actually seven to one for a card. We bet three six five. He commits the most fouls per game of all Wolves players this season. Two yellow cards. He should have had more. He should have had about four from what I, from what I've seen of him. Um, we backed him in that little nice double we had the other week, and um, he came up trumps then. And if he does start, I think that seven to one looks way too big. So. Yeah, um, it's a game where I'm a little bit... I don't want to get involved in the 1x2, um, and the prices on the goals are, are kind of too efficient to scrape any value from. So I'll, I'll have a play on the halftime draw at odds against, and I'll split my stakes on uh, Neves and Dendonka. It's 9-2 to two and 7-1, to one respectively. Um, you'll get a decent price on the double as well if you if you're that way inclined. I bet that'll be around around thirty
0: three to one, something like that. Nice one. Uh, over to you then, Will. Um, Tom's already mentioned it. Paul Tierney has the whistle for this one. Uh, have you got something for us to get stuck into? Nothing on the ref front for me, actually, for once. <laughs> um,
2: no, I've, I'm actually uh, in disagreement with Tom on the on the halftime. Oh. Um, yeah, unfortunately. So. Um, for me, it's actually Leicester to, uh, Sorry, Tottenham to be winning at halftime at 19-10, to 10 with Victor is, is my bet. Um, I'm expecting a response um, from Mourinho's men, or they can may as well start to wave goodbye to any top honours, ambitions, I think, um, through to the EFL Cup final. Um, and then, obviously, two months, really, now, until any Europa League or last stages of domestic cups to worry about. So I think they need to go aggressive here now and start getting some results um are t- only obviously 23 to 20 to win but um i prefer them to win the first half they scored 15 um in the first period and conceded just four um whereas in the second half they've scored 10 and, and conceded the same um so they're getting in front and kind of sitting on them um and whilst wolves have conceded more of their goals in the second half uh, 12 of 19 they've also scored less than they've Conceded by half time, so they've only scored six uh, in the first half and conceded seven. Um, as Tom mentioned, they are a bit slow starters. It, I feel like it, it actually you could somehow get somehow in between our bets and think look at a nil nil or a one nil Spurs scoreline at half time it does make sense. Um, it will. I, I also think it's going to be a low scoring game, but um, those stats kind of made sense to me on 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 a Spurs half time lead. Um, they were. A bit of a mess against Leicester Spurs. Um that Oria giving that off needless penalty away. Um very nearly playing Madison onside as well for a disallowed goal, did Oria? Um then poor positioning for the own goal from from Sissoko. Um great last chance, uh, great late chance as well for Tielemans. So Spurs lost the XG here and even without the penalty XG, um they still lost it just just a bit to to Leicester. Um didn't really give too many problems for schmeichel bar that one really good save from him um a few people mentioned that jimenez without him they look a bit of a different side um and i I looked into i actually did rate them quite well well not rate them quite well but at the prices when they played chelsea at molyneux a couple weeks ago um i thought they were a bet at, at almost five to one but but here now um they're only 13-5 to five to beat Spurs. So I think that's a bit of an underestimate of, of Spurs' results kind of ability at the moment. Um, and then even though they were weak against Leicester Spurs, they sit 15% um, higher than Wolves for XG ratio. Um, and the key one for me is from open play. Um, Wolves have the highest reliance on open play situations in the league for goals. Uh, 76% of their goals come in from open play. Only two other sides that have 70% or more. Um, that's Everton and Brighton, and they're like low 70s. Um, so, yeah, they've they've conceded five from set set pieces and four from penalties. Um, and Wolves are 16th for goals scored combined from from set pieces and pens. Um, so on and on the flip side as well, this ties in absolutely perfectly with with Spurs being. The, the lowest expected goals from open play um, against them. Uh, just 41% ratio, or ratio of anyway, not not total, but, but actual ratio. Only 41% of their goals conceded are coming from open play, where the league average is 62%. Um, uh, so, yeah, the next lowest close to, close to Spurs um, on that ratio is City and Brighton, but they're both uh, just, just shy of 50%. So it doesn't really paint a very pretty picture for Wolves, who... Rely on heavily on open play, missing their main target man, um, and yeah, I think Spurs can probably. they really just need to actually go into a game and and kind of go for a win um, with with kind of the results going against them the last couple of weeks with United and and Liverpool um, and City as well starting to win again, so I don't think they can afford to to rely on a on a late late goal really although they have been fairly solid in the last 15 minutes of games as well Spurs the majority of their goals are actually coming in the first half which kind of surprised me as well so yeah I'm going for that 19 to 10 uh sorry Tom <laughs> <laughs> no worries
1: I just I'll just come up back in on that actually Mark The um I've seen that then Den, Den Donker could be a doubt for this one uh, so I just kind of caveat it I'd wait until uh the team lineups are announced Probably would wait until the team lineups are announced on a, a lot of kind of player-based stuff at the minute um, with the kind of high turnover and the fixtures coming thick and fast. Um, I'd just basically take whoever's starting in defence midfield for Wolves. Um, I think they'll be susceptible on, on the break. Moutinho eleven 11-2 as well uh, with Bet365. So they're all decent prices, all kind of 9-2 to or bigger. Um, but I, I'll make sure that kind of goes out on the on the page um, once the, the team lineups are out, so people will be reminded of that.
0: Good stuff. All right, guys, that's the uh, Premier League covered. Um, in terms of match previews, we're going to dig into the good stuff now. We're going to get the guys' naps, their next bests and their long shots. So we'll start with the latter, and I'll come straight back to you, Will, for your long shot, please. Yep. Uh, It's
2: on BBC One at 3 p.m. So no excuses for for what I'm hoping is a bit of a a boxing day Um, (laughs) box-up. Villa and and Palace have seen the most red cards against them um, in the league this season. Um, Four four red cards have been committed against Villa um, and three against Palace, um, whilst Villa have had one themselves and and Palace have had two. So if you combine all that, that's ten red cards in their games. Of the 21 red cards in the whole league, so just shy of 50% of all of all red cards have been involved in one of the one of these two teams. Um, so this is obviously impacted a bit by those reds in, the, in Villa's Midlands derbies against the Baggies and uh, Wolves recently. But I think it's also, we've also clearly mentioned how how much it's driven by their ability on the ball, or dribbling ability with, with Grealish, by far the most fouled team in the league. Um, But Palace are also in the top five um, on fouls committed against them as well. Um, And they managed that despite having the sixth worst possession figures. So I think we've also said how it shows the cynical nature of sort of fouls drawn on the break. How much more often a foul on the break results in a card as well. Um, Anthony Taylor is the ref. He's his. Red stats are exceptional, really, for the Premier League anyway. Second only to Graham Scott, with with just shy of one in five, so zero point one nine reds per game. He also boasts the yeah. He also boasts the uh, second lowest yellows to red ratio, which is something I use to kind of calculate um, on that. Which so he gives a a, a red red for every uh, eighteen yellows, um, which means if we're expecting like the bookies are about three point eight yellow cards here um then we're looking at sort of just around four to one for a red card um if you were to base it solely off that statistic um and yeah these long-term that 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 ratio um be him being 18.28 per game the the rest of the league is averaging 21.5 this season um whereas actually the long-term average for the premier league is 29 so um, so, I mean, pre- basically red cards seem to be being given easier this season in the Premier League um, maybe we're over indexing on them slightly at the moment um, but yeah uh, 29 is, is, is the usual average so a lot of the other referees give give red cards way less frequently in comparison to how they give yellow cards um, Grealish again was fouled three times against West Brom wasn't he first highlight I saw in my match of the day was a foul on him and then uh, Livermore with that lunge at him as well, and then he also won a penalty late on for for another for the other foul against him. So key key man again, just clearly knows that when he's on the ball, he makes things happen, even if he is fouled. Um, Luka Milivojevic might be up against him, um, although maybe Roy might want to change it after that 7-0 drubbing against Liverpool. But um, he's Milivojevic is carded in twenty nine percent of outings as well. So he could well be a good source for a red card. He's already been sent off once this season. Um, He's only seven to four for a card. So not really any value given that he's only carded in 29%. Um, But he could be worth a small punt, maybe on on him to be sent off at 33 to one with, with William Hill or Sky. Um, And yeah, on the other side of the coin, you obviously have Matty Cash, John McGinn and Matt Target. They've all been carded four or more times this season. So they're in the top 15 for cards. Um, and considering, yeah, we've got ten reds in twenty-six combined matches for these two teams. Even accounting for for like multiple red cards, I'd st- I basically make the, the the chance of a red when we combine the teams and the ref together. I make it about twenty-two percent chance, which is which is seven to two. Um, and a red card is five to one at William Hill, which is a bit short for a Premier League match. It's usually about thirteen to two, but it's clearly they they're calculating it with some of this in mind. Um, and i think the key stat is the number of card, red cards against these two teams we've obviously got zahar on the other on the other side of the pitch as well we'll be up against target um or cash depending on what side of the, um, up front they play in but um five to one at william hill for red card and you might actually get a bit bigger on the exchange um there's no prices up there yet but, but worth having a look if you if you ever bet on the exchange usually a bit more value there and
0: they've started pricing red cards um more consistently on the premier league now Great stuff. Enjoyed that great analysis as always. Uh, Tom, your long shot.
1: Yeah, well, since it is Boxing Day, I'm going I'm going to kind of share something that I, I tend to do. I mean, I'm not a, I'm i huge kind of acker player, uh, but kind of following the the goals theme. I'm going to pump for an 11 to 1 both teams to score fourfold uh, in England for this Boxing Day. It's just four games that really did stand out to me when I was kind of doing my research uh, for Boxing Day. The first one is Crawley against Newport. Uh, Crawley have been really good this season from an attacking perspective, scoring in a large majority of the games, especially at home. Um, They've seen BTTS land in 63% of their games this season. Um, They're quite outgoing. They've got Max Watters up front who's Probably, I think he's the top scorer in the league at the minute, our giant top scorer. Um, they're looking quite useful. Uh, they do get the full-backs forward, and they do give it a go. I think they can score against a Newport side that I really like as well. Um, but they've shown uh, a few frailties at the back of work too. Uh, they've kind of, kind of implemented this different style under Mike Flynn, uh, playing out from the back a bit more, more possession-based football on the floor. Um, but it's made for really good football and, 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 and like plenty of entertaining games, really. And it's no surprise that BTTS has copped in 72% of their games this season. Um, so that looks like a, a good angle in. Um, I'm going to go to uh, the championship as well. Uh, the late game on Saturday, Watford host Norwich. Uh, delighted to see that Watford have sat Ivic after being quite dour under him. Um, having said that, I was surprised that BTTS has banked in 60% of their home games this season. I've seen a few kind of high-scoring games, weirdly. Uh, away from home, they've been uh, quite different. But I do think uh, once these players are kind of freed a bit more, I think Watford can score plenty of goals. They've definitely got the, the potential to, with the players that they've got in the squad, um, they've seen, uh, they were up against Norwich, who have a BTTS strike rate 70% away from home. Uh, again, we've talked about them time and time again on the on the pod at being a really good team going forward. Plenty of options up front and on the wings. Cantwell's back now, Pookie's back scoring as well. Um, been just firing in the shots, no end. So. Uh, That should be one of the most entertaining games, I'd hope, if Watford kind of come out of the shell a little bit more. Um, They should do, because Norwich do leave gaps to exploit. Um, Then I'll drop into League One, Doncaster against Accrington. This looks like a a good one for goals here. Uh, Accrington have been really good on the road, actually. They've scored in 7 of 8, and I think they've scored uh, 2 or more in 5 of 8 as well. Uh, on the road, which has shown that they, they like to play with the pressure off. They were good away from home last season as well, if I remember rightly. And um, they, they have enough to score against the Doncaster side that I, I do like as well, under Darren Moore. Got plenty of good players. Disappointing result against Shrewsbury the other night, but um, they'll be keen to bounce back here. They've seen BTTS banking 80% of their home games this season. Which is a really high hit rate. They've scored two or more in uh, about half of those two. So yeah, that should be a fun game in uh, in League One. And then the final one to complete it is Morecambe against Grimsby. That's um, it's actually odds on for both teams to sc- uh, odds against sorry for both teams to score in this game, which did surprise me. Markham have seen sixty eight percent of home games CB TTS Bank Grimsby have been Poor this season, but they have scored him uh, the majority of their matches. B T T S banking in 53% of their games. Uh, the last three away games as well, they've uh, seen B T T S land. And um, yeah, I think that Ian Holloway's gone there now. Whenever kind of a manager does go, I think that the players do see a real uh opportunity to kind of showcase themselves towards the the new manager it does kind of give him a, a kick up the backside and um i do think they've got enough to score uh, but markham have been good this season um so i'm happy to go both teams to score there so that's uh, 11 to 1 with red zone best price um it's 10 to 1 with william hill If you get your your, um, bet boost with them, which people seem to get on a daily basis, I think that boosts it to around 12 to 1, uh, if you're that way inclined. So, BTTS games at Crawley, Watford, Doncaster and Morecambe. Um, I've landed a few of these BTTS four-folds on Boxing Day in the last couple of years, so I thought I'd go with that uh, for this time around. Lovely stuff. Like it.
0: Uh, We'll stay with you then, Tom, for your next best.
1: Yeah, it was um, one that I was kind of to and fro about this. I kind of ended up pumping um, for Milton Keynes-Dons at home against Bristol Rovers. Uh, MK Dons looked a bit short to me uh, at the prices. Um, Obviously, this is Paul Tisdale going back to MK Dons uh, now now at Bristol Rovers, and uh, Gas fans have been happy with what they've seen of um, them so far this season uh, so I did a bit more digging on why MK Dons were that kind of price um, and to be fair the, the data has been quite good um, I've spoken to a few people who watch League 1 a bit more closer than me and they seem to think that Milton Keynes Dons have been really good to watch on the eye, it's not a team that I've watched too much of this season but kind of looking at the metrics um, they seem to go behind quite often uh, but do they do have the wherewithal to come back um, into the game, mainly because they concede quite early in the, a lot of the games. So uh, I, I've kind of been against Bristol Rovers all season. I just think that their squad is not good enough back them for relegation anti-post, and they have been struggling uh, all in all. And I do think that um, MK Dons should win this game, um, but I'm going to take them to win and both teams to score. Is 7 to 2 with Skybet. They've boosted that out, which is a, a massive price considering they're around eight to 11 to win in some places. Um, so I'm more than happy to chance to 7 to 2 just because, as I said, they, they've conceded in a lot of their games, especially um, at home. I think that BTTS has landed in 78 percent of their home games this season. So they've conceded in um, is it six of eight. Um, so they've not shown that they're, they're good enough defensively to keep things tight um, and I think anyone in this league could score against them um, so yeah I'm happy to go with BTTS there but I do think MK Dons have more quality than Bristol Rovers and I was surprised at the price so Milton Keynes Dons to win and both teams have seven to score 7-2 to bit of a bigger price that but I'm willing to chance it
0: Nice one Back over to you then, Will, for your next
2: best. Yeah, um, Blackburn, Sheffield Wednesday for me. Um, kind of two teams that I feel that are a bit of a, a tale of two sides of, of, the, of luck. Uh, one, one going f- um, with them, I feel, lately for Sheffield Wednesday and one going against them for, for Blackburn. Um, Blackburn have, have scored three times more goals than Sheffield Wednesday this season, which is quite a mad statistic in a, in a league which is averaging just 2.2 goals per game um second top scorers in the league adam armstrong scoring 15 of those 33 but he's, he's well supported by by harvey elliott and well there was a couple of players supporting him quite well who've been he, they've had kind of been a bit decimated with injuries lately rovers um and i can only really think that the injury problems at ewood and and the fact that they've lost three of the last four have built this the price really for three to four on blackburn to win um uh, Bradley Johnson will play um, at centre-back again, probably with Daniel Ayala absent. Um, and yeah, they're also missing Travis and Wharton at the back. And then in midfield, they're missing Dolan, ranking Costello and Brereton, who's been really good for them as well this season. But Dan Butterworth, um, who's been out for best part of two years, is expected to kind of come back into the first team. He's been out for injury through much of that as well. Could be a good replacement for Brereton. Um but those, the fact that they've lost those three of the last four has been incredibly harsh on them despite that, these injuries. Um, 1-0 loss to Stoke. Blackburn tore them apart, really. Man, Potter's managed just one shot on target, and, and Rovers had 15 shots and 69% possession. And then they also lost to Norwich and Bristol City earlier in December by, by one-goal margins, despite outshooting their opponents and Anag possessing them with the ball as well. So... Been a bit unfair on them, I think, of late. Um, Whereas Wednesday managed a 1-0 win against Coventry last time out to to end a nine-game streak without a win. Um, But it was a scrappy goal from a centre-back that got them that. And, yeah, they've lost six of the last seven away games, uh, the Owls. And uh, Josh Windass has scored, (laughs) he's their top scorer, with three goals. Um, And he's weakly really supported by by Callum Patterson, who's just not finding in the back of the net at all. He's played in, uh, he scored just two goals despite featuring in all of Wednesday's last 17 matches. So, goals are hard to come by for Sheffield with, with just 11 scored so far this season. And they've also got big disciplinary issues um, Wednesday. Um, they're the most red carded team with five, which is which is a huge amount, really. It's a quarter of their matches they're getting a red card in. Um, puts them comfortably top for for cards per game. Uh, which is 2.25 cards per game they're getting. Um, And interestingly, Blackburn Blackburn have five reds against them this season as well, which is the second most. Um, And they sit third for for cards per game against them as well, just over two. So it looks quite likely that Wednesday will pick up the most bookings here Um, because Wednesday's inability on the ball has them third bottom for cards against them with just 1.2. So almost literally a, a card different per game. Um, in a league which doesn't have that many cards really so you're expecting two cards for Wednesday and one for Blackburn Um, obviously that is can can be fine margins but when you extrapolate that over the season it kind of the stats add up Um, and so I'm kind of happy to ignore the fact that Blackburn and mid table for cards per game um, picked up themselves because basically everything else points to Sheffield Um, and yeah Uh, Main news in in Lancashire is the retention of um, players at Blackburn in the transfer window needed a lot. They've got a lot that are out of contract and they're kind of concerned over uh, Mowbray's concern that Premier League clubs or other league clubs uh, may kind of try and raid them. So they're trying to sort that out um, and sort out this injury crisis. But um, for me, winning this game is probably quite likely based on the fact they're still playing well lately just not getting results and they're up against the weakest scorers in the league. Um, and also one of the dirtiest teams in the league. So while they were three to four to win, I kind of wanted to boost that by getting Sheffield cards on side and you can get 23 to 10 um, with 888 sport on Blackburn to win and Sheffield Wednesday to get the most cards. Um, the only other bookie you can kind of double that up with, unless you find it in a to bet market um, is uh, William Hill, and they are only nine to five on that. Um, clearly, just difference in price doesn't make the 23 to 10 a value bet, but it's a fancy that I liked before I kind of saw the difference across prices as well. So, at nine to five, I'd probably still actually back it, but it'd be a lot smaller play than the 23 to 10 on, on Blackburn to win and Sheffield Wednesday most cards.
0: Yeah, It's a big price, nicely found. Uh, okay, let's move on to the best part of the show. It's the Naps, the guys' best bets of the weekend or Boxing Day and Sunday. So, Tom, your best bet of Boxing Day or Sunday?
1: Well, I'm going to really um, put the cat amongst the pigeons here and uh, tell <laughs> South, South End fans can rejoice. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually get on side with the Shrimpers for once. After backing against them time and time again uh, this season, I'm finally happy to get, get on board with them because... They've seen kind of a a real momentum shift at the minute at Roots Hall, Um, unbeaten in the last four now. Uh, They've won, actually, the last two home games, and they're back at home at Roots Hall here against Colchester. Uh, A bit of a local derby, if if I've got my geography right. And I think that Southend, um, now they've had this transfer embargo lifted, there's a few more players that they can play. Um, which is a massive benefit to Mark Mosley who's kind of bemoaned the fact of they've not really had anyone to choose from. Um, but now they've got um, Oli Yinke in decent form. Um, they've got a, a bit more structure at the back as well, um, with Dieng, Hobson, uh, Clifford at left back, Mark Oxley in goal. It's enough experience there. Uh, for me, and, and the big player for them, really, is Simone Akinola, who I think he was at Barnett um, a couple of years ago and impressed there, being around the National League a bit, but he's really impressed, um, and, and they're looking like a side that uh, have finally got some confidence about them, and, um, yeah, as I mentioned, they, they've played some of the worst teams in the last four games, um, what is it, Mansfield, Stevenich, Uh, Scunthorpe and Grimsby I think it is so four teams that have been down there this season Uh, but I'm surprised that Colchester are so high up in the table when I'm looking at their performance data because uh, it's been almost as bad as South Ends in in a lot of metrics Um, they they sit 20th on expected points to Colchester uh, fewer than 20 Um, they're conceding 1.72 expected goals per game which is really poor. I think that's the poorest in the league, actually. Uh, even worse than Southend from a defensive perspective. They've been half decent going forward. Uh, they, they are creating more than one expected goal per game, but it's the defensive issues that really worry me. Um, and it's kind of highlighted by the the shots in the box ratio. They they sit twenty third uh, with a thirty five percent share. Uh, only worse by South End by 1%, um, who were 24th. But I'm willing to kind of write, write off about South End the first couple of weeks. They got absolutely battered, and, and we we made decent money getting against them. Uh, they're a changed team now. Uh, Mosley's done a terrific job, I think, considering the circumstances. And he's get, uh, getting his rewards for kind of sticking to his plan. I think the players really have bought into what he is about. And, um, yeah, I think that they've got a a great chance of getting a a a much-needed win to kind of get them even further out of the mire. It's becoming quite condensed down there at the bottom of Week 2. All of a sudden, after it looked like Stevenich and Southend would be the two that have been marooned at the bottom. Um, They've kind of put together a few results, both of them. And, yeah, I think that Colchester are are starting to tail off a bit. Uh, I think they've they're, they've not won in the last three. Uh, they haven't deserved to either. Um, they're only averaging five shots in the box and they're conceding 9.5. So this is probably the easiest uh, game Southend will have all season. Uh, they've got confidence on this side as well. And I, I'm happy to back them on the uh, plus zero start on the Asian handicap. Uh, odds against 21 to 20. with bet 365. Um I would want the drawn side because South End have drawn a few games. Uh, a few nil nils have been thrown in too, but Colchester um, have conceded in oh, a load of their games this season. So I think that the that South End should be favourites, to be honest. And uh, to get the drawn side as well with the draw no bet, so our money back if it is a draw, is something that I'm really uh, kind of buying into this weekend. And odds against is a very nice price for me. Well, there you go,
0: Southend fans. Tom is getting you (laughs) on side for the first time this season. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) Let's move over to Will then for your
2: favourite fancy. Yeah, it's time for Wick and Wanderers fans to rejoice as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, two two naps on two underdogs. So let's hope hope it goes to it doesn't go to form. Yeah. uh, basically, this mine's quite anti-Bristol City. Really, they've, they've scored just one goal in the last five, uh, losing four of those games. Um, so this is Bristol City, Wickham at, uh, at Ashton Gate. Um, odds on quotes of four to five on the Robins to beat Wickham look a bit unfair to me. On on the Chairboys, really, their they, City's ninth place standing in the league was feeling a little bit like overperformance anyway, and and on expected points they're they're sixteenth. Um, Dean Holden took over the reins in August replacing Lee Johnson um, where he was his assistant for like the last four years um, and they had a brilliant start winning their first four games And but things have really kind of slowed down since then, um, four defeats in the last six um, and both of those wins that were not defeats in that last six period, those wins were over Blackburn and QPR, both wide one goal and probably largely fortunate wins really um, <clears throat> Yeah, so they host Gareth Ainsworth's um, bottom bottom dwellers Wickham, but something I think we, we mentioned in a previous podcast, I think I had this as my next best before, and I'm going to go for a similar bet here. Um, basically, just Wanderers are really good at keeping things close, even if they do go down to a defeat. It, it tends to be very a very close game. Um, they've still only lost a game by more than one goal on four occasions this this, uh, this season, um, and that's not a stat you'd usually associate with a, a team that's bottom of the league. And then, yeah, even more surprisingly, it's just one defeat in the last 16 games by a two-goal margin. So they had a bad start and they, they kind of reeled it in. They had a few, couple 2-0 losses and a 5-0 loss to, to uh, Bournemouth, I think it was. Um, and then, yeah, couple that with the fact that Bristol City have uh, basically the op- opposite of that in terms of their wins. Not not a single um, one of their last 17 have been booked by more than one goal. Um, so, they started well winning games easily. And then since then, if they have won, it's been by one goal. Um, so, I guess we lean on this championship's extremely low goals per game average here. That's the reason, well, that's another thing that ties in. That, that clearly, if the games are low scoring, then they're not going to be teams running away with it. Um, but if we look at their games at Ashton Gate, Robins average under a goal a game 0.8. Uh, both teams' of score is only banked in three of 10 there. Um, and then on Wickham's recent form, things have matches have had a few more goals in them. But interesting to note that there have been three penalties and two own goals in uh, Wickham's last five Championship games. So that's surely something that's not going to continue. Probably bring the goals back down in line with where it was earlier on in the season for them. Um, <clears throat> so so low a low encounter, and then I'm, I'm quite pro Wickham. Um, Bristol City were missing ten of their first team last weekend. Um, sunk by a 1-0 defeat with a Daniel Johnson penalty for Preston. Um, their injury absentees may be slightly reduced. Um, I think they'll have five of those players potentially back or available. Uh, the other five have been out quite long term. Um, and I also, when I did tip up him before on this, I gave you that hot stat on, uh, on Akin Fenway. It's not perfect anymore. Um, they have lost two games where he started recently against Barnsley and Bournemouth. So with him, they've played ten and they've lost two. But without him, they've still played ten and lost all ten. Um, wow. He didn't start against Coventry or Stoke uh, recently, and they lost both of those matches. So he looks like he should start here. Um, and if he does, I fancy Wickham again to to be in a low low scoring encounter where they keep it tight. Um, and you can, you can back Wickham plus two handicap and under 2.5 goals at 11 to 10 with William Hill. Um, so just for comparison, under 2.5 goals is 4 to 5. So I think it boosts it quite nicely to get Wickham plus two handicap. And that basically covers five of the six scorelines that you can get under 2.5 goals. So the only one it doesn't cover is if Bristol City win 2-0. Everything else, 0-0, 1-0, either side, 1-1 or a 2-0 Wickham win are covered by that bet. Um, and it's a bet that's won in 11 of cities last 14 games and, and nine of Wickham's last 15. So you're getting combined 20 out of 29 most recent games, um, which would probably mean that you should be looking at around more about a 70% chance. Um, but we're getting a sort of a 40, 45% chance according to the odds. So obviously nothing doesn't work just like that, but 11 to 10, I think, I think Wickham can, can get a result. Um, or maybe just go down by one goal. Um, so uh, that would obviously have to be a one 0 defeat. There's no other scoreline that, that would that would save us on. But seems quite likely with Bristol City's recent records that we can plus two handicap and under two point five goals.
0: Yeah, like it. Some great analysis as ever. Thanks, guys. Um, just to let you know, I think we are planning to cover the New Year's football too. So watch out for that. Um, and obviously, thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And of course, have a very Merry Christmas, too. Uh, I should say, if you are alone or if you're feeling a little lonely with the way the world is right now, uh, please don't suffer in silence. Our DMs are always open. And if you want to have a chat about football, betting, travel, whatever it is, just drop us a line. We're all in this together. It's important we all look out for each other at these difficult times. So please do reach out if you're struggling. or uh, If you just want a bit of company as well, because I, like many of us, will be under heavy It's quite severe restrictions this Christmas Uh, it's not going to be the same as any normal gear so uh, just uh, drop us a line if you want to have a chat about anything whatsoever Uh, but yeah we'll wrap it there Uh, thanks very much for your time and the kind words about the show really means a lot do appreciate all your good feedback and hopefully we can continue to improve the show as we go into 2021 Uh, but for now it's thanks very much to you Tom for your efforts
1: Cheers, mate. And yeah, I completely echo what you said um, there. My DMs are always open too. So, anyone wants to chat, just give us a shout. And uh, yeah, hope you all have a great Christmas
2: and thank you for supporting the podcast.
0: Good, man. And uh, thanks very much for your efforts as well, Will.
2: Yeah, cheers, guys. Felice Navidad and uh, enjoy the waitresses' <laughs> uh,
0: albums, Mark. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> will do, mate. <laughs> this has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview podcast. Merry Christmas, all. We'll chat soon.